right? So on the allopathic match last year, the average number of publications for an successfully matched FP was three. Guess what it was for Derm? Oh, it's the crazy. It's like fifteen or something. It was fourteen point seven. Who gets? I mean, I went to tenure with fourteen, with 15, fourteen or fifteen publications, and you have to yep. to get into a Derm residency. You have to be have your name on fourteen point seven different publications to match. <laughs> what is that? How do you even do that? Yeah, it just, I think it is part of what you're talking about, too. It's like there's so many med students compared to the amount of residency spots. Things just get more and more competitive per slot. Rotations is all about allowing interesting people the opportunity to share their opinions and ideas. Some listeners may find the opinions and content expressed disturbing and objectionable. Hello, everybody. This is uh, Dr. Todd Fredericks, uh, Associate Professor of Family Medicine at The Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine. And I'm rejoined with student Dr. Nassar Bakshi, who is a co-founder of Rotations and now in his third year. And this episode is kind of what we kind of anticipate. We follow the career of people that spend time with us in their preclinical years. And now Nassar finds himself in his third year. And we're learning all about what's it like to be a third-year medical student having only been a second-year in the past. And I would mention that Nassar has grown a beard, and I'm not sure what he's trying yeah. to compensate for with that, but it looks good on you. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You know, uh, I, I grew a board's beard for step one, and I think with step two, it needs to be twice as long. So we're starting early. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm glad to see that. So Nassar, we ended the last segment with what has been your worst experience so far in the third year. How about we do the, the more optimistic? What's been your best experience so far in the third year? <laughs> oh, that's... I like that. Starting it on a much happier note than the, than the last episode. Um, ah, that's tough. It's it, and it's tough because there, I've had a lot of great experiences, honestly. And and I just I think that I mean we talked we've talked about this in both the episodes, but just getting to see and do the things that you've heard about and, and talked about for two years, it's really it's really quite it's really something. Um, and it's an amazing experience. Oh man, the best experience. This uh, maybe this isn't one particular experience, but uh, I'll kind of give one of my best like moments or one of my best memories from IM, which was when I was on ICU for two weeks. Um, on the first day, I was assigned a patient who, you know, she was there um, because of some, you know, she she had had some sort of a, a cerebrovascular accident. Like they weren't entirely sure why her neurological function was so decreased. So basically she was in like, she was on precedent. She was, she was in a coma. Um, they were, were trying to figure out what they could do for her. Uh, she had a lot of comorbidities. And this was, like I said, day one. So I would always go in before the residents, before the attendings and see how the patient was doing, kind of talk to the nurse, see if anything happened the night before. Um, and the patient's family would typically be in there. So it's, a little, it's always a little awkward. You know, when you go in, you have the scrubs on, you have a stethoscope around your neck, they think you're a doctor. I never put my stethoscope around my neck. Your well, next, that's because you work at ABH. Your next filthy. No, I've never done it. Your next filthy. It's why you have pockets. Are you well, cleaning your stethoscope? It's just habit. Are you cleaning your stethoscope? Not as much as I should be. Yeah, you should because it's around your neck all day long and you got all this patient goo all over. You're putting on your own skin. So listen, right. I'll get you grossed out. Now you won't do it again. Okay, now continue your story. Uh, yeah, so you know, I, I went on on day one, and, and they would always ask me questions, and I we really didn't know what had occurred with this patient. We didn't know why you know she was in the state that she was in. Hmm. The ICU docs were trying to figure it out. She had just gotten there the day before, so over the course of two weeks, we ran all these tests, did all these imaging, 
you know, all these different images. And, you know, she just wasn't really getting better. Uh, she's still in that coma. Basically, the, the, the goal was just to keep fluids and, and antibiotics. She did. She was septic, but there was no clear, I guess, you know, there was no clear source. And it was just like a tough patient to treat. Um, so we just kept the fluids and antibiotics going. And then my last day, which was, you know, uh, day 14 of her, or day 15 of her day, she actually, they, she woke up and, and she was able, you know, we got her extubated, um, and she was like talking and that was, that was incredible. She was still obviously in a lot of pain. She was still very sick and had to stay in the hospital for a few days after that, but she recovered. Um, and it wasn't ever really clear what had happened, but you know, we had just given her fluids, we'd given her antibiotics, we'd, you know, she'd been on the ventilator. So we kept her alive long enough that she was able to fight it off and, the crazy thing to me and all that was the morning that she was kind of starting to wake up and kind of starting to get better. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't introduce myself to her. You, obviously she was, you know, in that coma when I was in there. Um, but she goes, yeah, you know, your voice sounds really familiar. And I was like, that's kind of crazy. You know, I, you've been in a coma, so there's no, we haven't spoken, uh, when you've been awake, but she told me that, you know, she felt like she had already like met me. And that was, that was really kind of like, huh. Oh, yeah. So like it was cool to see the patient recover one. And it was really kind of crazy to hear that, you know, you hear that the, you know, coma patients, um, sometimes they, they do listen, you know, they're, they're, they can process some of that and kind of hearing that that might be true is kind of crazy. I was like, huh, that's good. If there's a patient in the bed, you assume they hear everything you say, which is why I'm very uh, aggressive about shutting people down when they start chatting about things that are probably inappropriate. Because people do in medicine, they do speak about inappropriate things to do with stress. But if there's a patient in that bed, I don't care if they're on an event or you think that they're completely gone, I assume that they hear everything. I talk to them like they're awake. I'm glad you learned that, Nassar. It's a big deal. It's a big deal because uh, people, plenty of cases where people have said, oh, I remember everything that was said. That also tells you that, you know, you really got to be mindful of how properly sedated people are. And think about if I had a big plastic tube in my throat and a machine breathing for me, do I really want to be really aware of that? Yeah. You know, it raises a question, too, that's nice about that, too, about intensive. One thing about an intensive care unit, you never doubt that people should be there. Like in ER, you wonder, are they just malingering? What are they here for? They need a work excuse. ICU, it's a little different. You know that every patient in that ICU, they're having a bad day. Those patients are sick. They are really sick, aren't they? I'm glad you're experiencing that. I think you'll be a good intensivist if you decide to do that. Thanks. Yeah. How are your classmates doing? They're all doing well. I think everybody has the same kind of mentality. Like third year is awesome. You know, we, we were, I actually caught up with a bunch of them yesterday and we were talking like the, the worst day on, you know, on your rotations, you know, you know, if a resident's short with you or even like you just sit there and you don't get to do much cause not much is going on or whatever. Like your worst day on third year is so much better than being in the, that preclinical part of it. Like just sitting in the classroom or studying for hours on end. So, I mean, everyone's loving it. All, all of my classmates are kind of now figuring out what paths they want to pursue uh, specialty-wise. And seeing that's pretty cool, kind of seeing how people's personalities fit with, um, you know, what they want to do. So that, that that's that's pretty cool. But, yeah, everyone's doing well. Um, I think it now is kind of the upswing of, like, you know, first year you kind of start. Yeah, you're, like, learning things. Second year you're, like, learning more and more. And then boards hit and you're everyone's kind of down and uh, it's it's just stressful. But third year is just all about learning. It's all about seeing stuff. It's all about getting involved. And yeah, everybody loves it. 
Yeah, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize someone pointed out the other day that Comlex 2 actually occurs in the summer. And I was like, gosh, that doesn't seem right. Why would you be taking your second part of your board exams before you're finished with your clinical medicine rotations? And then, you know, you got this residency match. They got to have those Comlex 2s. So look at that. And I just think it's really early. You really just have one year of clinical medicine before you're taking these clinically medicine-related boards. Yep. And then, then when you're done, you got a whole year where you're just <laughs> doing more clinical medicine. It, it just seems odd to me. So, so are you seeing? It does seem odd. I mean, do you miss the classroom yet? I mean, do you miss? Do you miss being out of academic, formal academic? Well, you never were in the classroom, so I guess I, that's an unfair question for you. So, <laughs> w- but, but do you miss that part of your education yet? Here's what I, I what I do miss um, is kind of being at a university where you're surrounded by classmates, you're surrounded by professors, you know, the amount of times, like last year I would swing by your office. I would swing by, you know, wherever and kind of say hi to somebody and just have like a chat with them or, you know, seeing a classmate in the library and just catching up and seeing how everything's going like that. You, you don't really get that in the hospital quite as much. Um, so I do miss that side of it. I, I, I was never a classroom person, so I, I, I don't miss. We know. I don't miss. <laughs> I do not miss sitting in the lecture hall uh, or watching those videos. But um, yeah, I do miss the social side of it for sure. Is is I, I do miss seeing people in that academic setting. Hmm. So, but not not enough to make you want to go back. Not at all. No, no you couldn't pay me to go back. <laughs> I'm done with <laughs> no that. No amount of money. Yeah, it'll be no, about ten I'm years done. from now. It'll be about 10 years from now, you'll be sitting there thinking, man, that was really cool. And all I had to do was put on a pair of shorts and a weird T-shirt and just go sit there and listen to someone teach me something, you know? And now you got to be a re- – you got to adult. Got to adult. You got to start <laughs> adulting, dude. Okay, so let me ask this question then. So what does the transition to fourth year look like for you? How's your focus going to change? Are you going to change your methodology or approach in any way going into fourth year? Because, I mean, you'll have – we've established you'll be done with Comlex 2 – so what does fourth year do you think look like for you and how when you when you project out in the future what do you what are you thinking about that yeah so um, the big thing with fourth year is doing those away rotations and doing sub eyes um, and the stressful part about that is sort of deciding where you want to go and what field you want to be in um, so most of my sub eyes are, are within pediatrics uh, and so deciding do I want to do like a general peds rotation or like a picky rotation um, the advice we get is to do your sub eyes at places you want to do your sub residency I. at. What's a sub I? Uh, it's like a sub internship. So you do oh my like gosh, a, a sub internship. <laughs> yeah, so it's just like a rotation. A, the, I don't know the term for it is sub or like audition is another. No, thing we never use audition because then you take. I know off you don't the, like the term. No, because it ticks <laughs> off the family doctor. I mean, it ticks me off. I mean, you don't care you about family, family medicine. medicine too. I say rotation of interests. Rotation of interest. Okay. Yeah, these yeah, are so rotations you, you, of interest. Yeah, well, you know, so you just do a month. Maybe at that's whatever. Bad I don't and, even. Uh, I don't know. I think you just focus on it. Just being. I'm in here in the now, man. If someone says, "What are you interested in?" I think I lean towards peds. I think I am. Mm-hmm. Doing rotations at? Yeah, I got one next month. I, I think that's the best way. Make sure everybody thinks that they're the most important person. Doctors do have egos, Nassard. You, 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 true. you just want to make sure that they feel like you're engaged. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I, every every physician that I've been with has asked, you know, what are you interested in? What do you want to go into? And yeah. usually when I say, you know, either I'm undecided or I'm going into peds or I'm thinking about, you know, there was a time I thought I was going into surgery, whatever. Like the response I've gotten has usually been like, oh, you know, I know this guy that went into this. Like, do you need that? You know, can I connect you guys? Like, 
always like very helpful. You know, can I sure. connect you with this person that did this? Or I know a guy at Dayton Children's. I know a guy who's doing, you know, surgical oncology at Kettering. Like, do you want to spend a day with him? Like, you, you just get like, I always felt like they were, it wasn't really about pushing anybody in a certain field. It was literally like, how can I help you? Like, you know, the physicians are like a, a community, right? So everybody knows so many people. So it's just like, how can, how can I connect you with somebody within your field of interest? Like, how can I help you achieve what it, whatever it is you want to do? And it's always been a very, very good, kind of very positive. I think uh, educators in general know, I mean, the, the whole point that motivates educators is seeing students enthusiastic and, and enjoying themselves. And I think every doctor that's experienced burnout or frustration doesn't want to see someone else inflicted with that. So getting you to where you really need to be is a big goal. Right. If, especially if you're a performer. If you're someone that comes on and you say, yeah, we know he wants to be a pediatrician. That's kind of weird. It's like veterinary medicine. But, like, he, he actually, when he shows up, he, he you know, he, 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 does every, he does all the work, and he works really hard. He focuses. Yeah, who wouldn't want to help someone like that? Yeah. 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 No, it's just a great community overall. I think, yeah, I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're finding that. That's a great. That's reassuring. So what is? So what are you doing to prepare for residency? You mentioned these sub eyes. I don't understand that, but you mentioned these things, these uh, rotations you're doing in the area that you're interested in, that you're really interested in. So w- what does that look like for you? Do you have to schedule so those think, now already? Yeah, yeah. The applications for that. So it's all kind of in in March is when that happens. Um, so I, I've a year from one. now. No, no. This like right now. So you, you schedule it. Yeah, so the usually the, the second semester of third year, either kind of early on, the more competitive, like if you're doing a surgical subspecialty, those open up a little earlier. Um, in the more primary care fields, those open up around this time. So I've already, I don't want to say where I'm applying uh, in case, I don't know, I, I, in case I don't get in or things change, but oh, you're usually gaming places. The system. In, huh? You're gaming the system. <laughs> Maybe, I don't okay. know. Okay. I, I, I'm trying to stay in Ohio for a few rotations because um, that's probably where I'm going to apply. But I also would like to get some exposure out of state, kind of see how other places do things, mm-hmm. uh, kind of go from there. Yeah. So the the big thing I think with well, so give is, me the general. What are they? What are they? You can say generally they're pediatrics, right? Yeah. So children's hospitals. So we're talking about mostly. pediatric surgery, pediatric medicine, PICU, NICU. What would PICU? Yeah. yeah, so I'm doing a, a couple of PICU is what I want to do. Um, mm-hmm. I'm applying for a couple of months on PICU and then a couple of months on like general peds. Kind of they have a combined, you do two weeks inpatient, two weeks outpatient, or you do all inpatient. You know, so each rotation is different. Um, but they all have like pediatric sub-eye and then PICU sub-eye. Or they'll have like pediatric cardiology sub-eye and all these different specialties. Um, so well, that's, I, I think I'm going to stick to the more general stuff for now, um, only because I'm not entirely sure what I want to pursue afterwards. Well, if you're going to be a pediatric cardiologist, that's a, that's a fellowship anyway, right? I mean, you're going to be a pediatrician, right? Get pediatric internal medicine specialist, and then you're going to go do a fellowship, right? right. Isn't that basically right. how it works? Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So you got plenty of time for that. Yeah. Right. Okay. So um, you're going to take comics to this summer. What are you doing to prepare for that? Oh, man, um, it, it's it's hard to get back into studying when you haven't done it for so long. You know, third year is not, you don't spend as much time sitting there studying. You know, like I said, you're learning on the job. So I actually very recently, I just bought, you know, some question banks. I bought some review materials. So I've started going through some stuff. Um, there's great videos online. Um, thankfully, they're free. You know, shout out to Online Meta. They're, they're awesome. Um, so I've just been watching those. I've been doing practice questions. This has been as of about a week ago, so we're kind of jumping back into the board preparation. 
Uh, and it's hard getting back into studying for more than like an hour or like a couple hours is my brain just isn't like ready to get back into it yet. So we're, we're slowly kind of dipping our toe in the water, but well, I, you're, I feel like you're ahead of the curve, right? I'm sorry. You're probably relatively ahead of the curve I and mean, we're, we're only in March, right? So wait a minute, are we in April or March? We're in March. So something like that. <laughs> you've got several months ahead before. And if you're pacing yourself now, you'll probably be fine. I hope so. Um, so, you know, OU does the, the com, the comp say, right. So mm. we give all the students a test in May to see if they get a score high enough to qualify to take for the complex. And so I'm more preparing to make sure that I pass the comp say, which, you know, it's, it's the same type of test as the complex. So for me, yeah, you know, I don't take complex until July, but I'm really preparing for May. So I have about six weeks and that's kind of the goal is to get one good review in before that, seeing where I stand and then kind of focusing on what I need to, to look at. Um, but they're kind of, the, they're the kind of, compl- they're complimentary, right? I mean, preparing for the comp say is really preparing for complex. Right. Right. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying is that that's why I'm studying for complex now because it's, it's just preparing for comp say. Okay. I, I, I'm sure you'll be fine. Did you do well I, on complex one? Yeah, I, I did fine. And the the thing, I think with, you know, people put so much weight on board scores. It's like, once you get your score back and you see like where you stand on the percentiles, it's like, everybody's going to do fine. If you, if you prepared and you studied, you're going to be, you're going to, you're going to get the score relative to what your preparation was. I don't think that, you know, if you didn't study a lot, you're not going to do great. If you studied a lot, you're going to do fine. There's no real, I think it, it actually does a pretty good job of mapping that out. So, so, so this may be a redundant question, but have you carved out time to visit or rotate at your well at the residency site? So we're not talking about these. I guess that's kind of what these sub eyes are, right? These are programs that you may be interested in going to. Is yeah. that is that it? so? Let's just say hypothetically, Rainbow Babies and Children. You're going there. Not yeah. that you are, because we already established you don't want anybody to know where you're <laughs> going. But let's just say you're going. So does that mean that you? It's not just that the rotation that you're going to be on is interesting. It's that it's at a site that may be one you want to be at. Is that true? Correct. Yeah. So that's okay. exactly what it is. Um, so I'll give you the example. So when I was on IM at Grandview, uh, Grandview has a pretty good IM program. So there were auditioning students from other schools on rotation with me. So there were a bunch of fourth years. Um, so the, I think the way it's different is, well, it, it's kind of different in two ways because as you're there as a fourth year, they're kind of trying to not sell, sell, that doesn't feel like the right way. They're trying to kind of show what the program has to offer to the visiting fourth years because they want to be ranked on their list, but at the same time... Yeah, because they want scut work laborers. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah, they want people to come in and make their lives easier. Come to our program. Exactly. But they also, at the same time, the fourth years are are being evaluated, right? So like, uh, like I, you know, I talked about as a third year, you're not expected to know a bunch. You're kind of, it's okay if you don't know any, not don't know anything, but if you, if you don't know things that may seem obvious to someone else. Um, as a fourth year, you're expected to know stuff, right? You're, you're being evaluated anytime. You know, the attendings, for example, would quote unquote pimp, right? Or ask questions to all these students. And if the fourth years didn't get it, it, it didn't look great on them. But if, you know, as a third year, if me or any of my colleagues didn't get it, it wasn't, it didn't look great, but like it, it didn't matter. It wasn't fatal. Necessarily. What? It wasn't fatal. It wasn't fatal. Not at all. It yeah. was just it was just like, oh, okay, he doesn't know this. Let's teach him. But if like someone, one of the auditioning students didn't know, it'd be like, well, you know, that doesn't look great on you. Like maybe you should read on that and, and be more prepared for the next time. So that's, I think, the big difference is you're trying to show how good of an applicant you are while the school is trying to show you how good of a program they are. 
So it's kind of that dynamic as you're there. Hmm. Hey, are you still are you still using Sketchy and Armando Hasadugan stuff and reviewing Osmosis? Are you still using those tools at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, Sketchy, not so much. I, I actually so Sketchy is an amazing. I still like. I'll think back to those images. I still have them in my head of like, okay, was there an axe in that picture because that represents Ceph triaxone? You know, like I, you know, we just had a case of gonorrhea in the hospital the other day. It's like, okay, well, the treatment for that because there was an axe on that, you know, above the bar in that picture, Ceftriaxone. Like, it's those images are so ingrained in my head. That yeah. I don't even think I need to watch the videos anymore. So well, I think that's the point of sketchy is once you see them, you don't have to watch them again. It's word association and pictures, right? That's exactly. awesome. So it's it's a continuum then. It's a continuum. Um, online meded is kind of the big tool for step two. So that's what I've been using. Mm-hmm. Um, Armando Hasadugan, I've I've slowed down a little bit on because I think I've seen so many of his videos. Um, but he's, I mean, he's an amazing resource. I'm still jealous that I was not able to come in for that uh, interview. Oh, Armando's great. Yeah. He can't spell, but he's 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 great. He's 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 like an Australian, so he's like putting U's and O's in places where we don't. So I have to get around that. But no, he's he's really quite talented, and he he's a lovely guy. And you know, he's a fourth year. They do weird medicine over there, say like the four year internships before they become consulting clinicians and stuff. But I mean, you know, for a guy that started out basically teaching himself, and that's how he had to learn, and then being able to project that out to a globe where people can look at his resources, I think it's he does a wonderful job, and he's very personable. You call him up and have a nice chat you should be jealous why didn't you come back over here for the interview <laughs> i really wanted to i don't remember exactly i think i was on my surgery rotation i think you guys you were. that no he is he's a he's a good egg and he's I, I think he's very thoughtful and i'm really he could have easily kept all that stuff to himself right mm-hmm. and we'd never gotten to see his work and his work is really great it's awesome oh yeah i have his some of his like work printed out like all, especially some of those like diagrams and yep. stuff it's great yeah he's good he's a good dude so, Nassar, we've come to I have another I have a physician coming in to to harass me about something and um they're not really they're, they're <laughs> coming you. Is she come on in Bridget. Hey, how are you? So so Dr. Saunders is um the discipline director of family medicine which you could put that on Bridget Hello. if you want to. So this is this is Nisarg Bakshi. You may know Nisarg. He's a third year and we're doing an episode Hello. to figure out what being a third year medical student's like. Here, hold on. We'll get you on. Yeah, you could just you could just come in unannounced. Yeah, oh. put that in. Talk in there. Surprise like guest. Here you go. There. What's your name? Hi, my name is Nisarg. Hi, nice to meet you. Yeah. Nice I'm to meet Bridget. you. I'm Bridget. So, Are you going to be on a podcast episode here? No. Is that what's happening? No. No, no. <laughs> no Dr. Saunders is, is here because she's basically... I'm Dr. Lombard. I'm, I'm so sorry. It's okay. I got the wrong I people. I used to be Dr. Sh- or Dr. Shoney. Was I Dr. Shoney? I can't remember. Okay. I, there's no, so many names, and I'm post call. I work 20 hours, and oh, I gotta go back in and work God. again. So, oh, you were at the ABH. Yeah. Okay. So, anyway, she is the discipline director for family medicine, which means that they're trying to integrate longitudinally all education, mm-hmm. and and we I hope that the discipline directors eventually start advising preclinical education, so that when you get to third year, there's an expected product on each discipline, so that as a you come on to let's just see psychiatry. Those psychiatrists can expect that a third year entering from OU will know these things and will have had these experiences because we've shaped first and second year curriculum to match that. So it makes it more integrated. So anyway, she's here because yeah. and it's perfect timing because we just finished. Cool. I know it's awesome. And um, the last thing I got to say, Nassar, two things we got to do. Do you have any final thoughts? 
Uh, we've talked about a lot, honestly. Um, I would say I would just reiterate, especially uh, we kind of talked about the board's process and going from second to third year. It gets so much better. Uh, people would always say that, you know, especially when I would talk to some of the upperclassmen. It's like, oh, it gets better. It gets better. But it really does. Uh, so you just got to push through that terrible, terrible board season. And then, you know, third year is awesome. And you get to learn and you get to do stuff. And you finally get to feel like, you know, not a doctor, but you get to feel like a medical professional. You get to feel like you're part of the team. And that's that's really uh, it's a great feeling. Yeah, that's, that's my final thought. That's that's a pretty encouraging way to end. Okay, so then uh, in a year we're gonna we're gonna have another conversation, and then we're gonna have some conversations about other conversations. But Nisarg, I want to thank you for sharing your experience because I think it'll be helpful. I think if people listen and they kind of get a feeling for what's waiting for them past Complex One and and USMLE Step One and and take some of the pressure off, I think it's pretty encouraging uh, discussion we've had today. And um, yeah. yeah, and then I'm gonna I figure out. So. Oh, well, I know it is because people are freaked out. And in a year or two, that'll be my match day. So you know, it'll be a good, uh, it'll be a good conversation. That's <laughs> that's gonna be awesome. I think well, exactly. Is today the fifteenth? Uh, today oh, is the fourteenth. So a year and a day. So what we'll do is we'll have the interview on the fourteenth of twenty twenty, and then you'll be all anxious, <laughs> and then you'll be stressed out. I don't know if you want to see me on that day. It's gonna be, be cool, like... Nasar. It's gonna be totally cool. Totally. Tearing my cool. hair out. <laughs> okay, dude. Uh, we're done. I'm going to tell Nasarg Bakshi, thank you uh, for joining us. Uh, great guy. And you'll hear more of him because I am going to start doing field interviews because I can't get anybody here to help me. And Nasarg will. And he's got all, the, conne- got all the connections. And, um, yeah, and if you, of course, have any questions or comments, you know we have social media. You can get us on mediamedicine.com. You can get to Twitter um, on Media Medicine or Rotations PCAST on Twitter. Just send comments uh, and Number questions. 327. Number with 10,000 listens. Exactly. Man, nope. I'm glad you're following those data analytics. Okay, listen, I really got to finish this because I have to talk to Bridget. And then and then you're okay. going to do an intro and outro real quick. And then I'm going to talk to Bridget. Okay? <laughs> Sounds good. Okay. Thank you for joining us on Rotations, guys. We'll catch you on the next episode. Take care. Rotations is the weekly podcast of all things medicine and science and is part of the media and medicine family of medical storytelling. The opinions and comments expressed on Rotations do not reflect the official or unofficial positions of Ohio University, the Ohio University Heritage College of Osteopathic Medicine, or the Scripps College of Communication. The guests on Rotations are interviewed in an unopposed fashion so their ideas and opinions can be freely expressed. This episode of Rotations was produced by Todd Fredericks and hosted by Todd Fredericks. Rotations is co-hosted by a league of champions of all things medical and a few people we pull off the street. Rotations is copyrighted, and while we welcome citations, tweets, Facebook likes, and other endorsements by word of mouth and social media, we reserve the right to all content. You may use Rotations content under the provisions of Creative Commons and cannot alter or edit the content in any manner without express permission of the content creators, and you must cite Rotations as the source of any content derived from the podcast. We welcome any comments, and you can contact us by emailing us at rotationspodcast at gmail.com, tweeting us at rotationspcast, or by visiting mediaandmedicine.com slash rotations. Check us out on Facebook at Media and Medicine.